Welcome back to another episode of the Coach's Corner Podcast, and I've been chatting with Logan Sneed here for about five minutes, and I say this in the most genuine way that I am just humbled and so inspired by what you've done, Logan, and really just for anyone listening here, I want, if, if there's any episode we've done that I am going to ask or push you into listening and taking some notes and maybe just making parallels with her own life. Because I know even for myself, I'll make excuses, things happen, a car crash, car doesn't start, internet goes down, we just got a massive Facebook ad account, got shut down, and I'll spend a day being like frustrated with it. And we have all these obstacles coming at us. And you'll you'll hear Logan's story in about a second here. But this should basically be an episode that you can save in your browser and anytime you feel like you can't go on or you can't do it or you can't do something, I think this episode will serve as a very valuable little reminder that there are people in worse situations and from worse circumstances from places that some people don't come back from who go on to not only create empires and I'm not even talking about income, but I'm talking about impact and a real change and, and changing the lives and turning them around. So Logan, thank you for being here. Uh, super inspired, super grateful. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me on here. I'm, I'm really uh, excited to be on here and, you know, tell everybody about, you know, the journey and how it's changed my life. Dude, so, so, so let's start with that. So anyone listening who is like, I don't know who Logan Sneed is, <laughs> I, I know you have a book and, and I saw, fuck you, cancer. And then it's got a nice little piece of tape over it saying, thank you, cancer. Which, yeah. there we go, right there. If you're watching, you can, you can see it there. And if you're not watching, go on YouTube and watch this. But thank you, Cancer. And let, let's talk about that really, really quick. And not necessarily the book, but the whole idea of thank you, Cancer. Where, 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 where's that coming from? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I call it thank you, Cancer, because, uh, you know, it's kind of crazy looking back at it. It's very horrific. It's very bad. Um, I'm never, like, happy it all happened. I never want it to happen again. But if I didn't go through those things, I wouldn't be where I am today in my life as a person, mentally, emotionally, and physically, and financially. Yeah. And so now that I'm, I've progressed in every facet of life, all of all those put together, it all started because I was diagnosed with brain cancer. And if, I, if that didn't happen, I don't know where my life would be. I really do not know. So, isn't and and and, and you know this 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 will be slightly ignorant, although I did my research on this type of cancer, but. It's basically terminal. There's no generally doctors are writing you off as you ain't coming back from this. Mm-hmm. Correct. So yeah, tell us a little bit about that. So you know the day the day that you heard it, and I know there's a little backstory uh, with a bit of mm-hmm. an accident and a relationship falling apart. But let's start there, and and let's kind of dissect through your story and kind of pull out the juicy stuff and and give out some lessons. Yeah, yeah. So really going back to it, right. It was, uh, you know, March 6th of 2016, I was driving to the gym. Um, and I was in a great mood. I was like ready to start off a new day and pursue new dreams of, you know, shredding some body fat and getting some lean muscle. And I was in such a good mood. I was like, all right, well, let me call my girlfriend. I'm feeling good today. So I called her and I was like, all right, Hey, how's it going? You know, feeling antsy today and I'm excited. And then voila, you know, as I'm talking, I started like slurring words that I, I, just couldn't say what I wanted to say. It was like I lost my ability to speak. Um, and that led to me suddenly having a seizure while I was in the middle of driving. And I've never had a seizure in my entire life. So I didn't How really, old were you? I, know, I was uh, 20. 20. I just turned 20. Yeah. And uh, no, excuse me, 19, 19. 19. I was about to turn 20. Um, and yeah, I've never had a seizure in my life. Like I always knew what they were, never like even thought about whatever it is. But 
I was slurring the words, and suddenly as I was driving, I started seizing, and she witnessed the whole thing happen. And so that led to me driving half a mile unconscious, and I was in the car by myself, so no one was there to be able to like handle the car. And so I was driving, and I drove half a mile unconscious, and uh, thankfully it drove off the road into a small little ditch. Um, There's no damage, no injuries, no nothing. Um, and then obviously the ambulance and the firemen came, and they had to figure out what was going on. So they broke into the car because the car was locked, obviously, and I was seizing. Um, then they had to take me to the hospital and say, okay, we have to analyze this guy. Like, what the heck's going on? And so no one knew. My parents had no clue. They said, no, he's never had a seizure in his life. He's got great health. Like, we have no idea. So that led to, like, scanning of the body and everything. And suddenly they're like, okay, we may have to look at his, like, brain see if there's anything in there. Um, so that led to the MRI. And so the MRI... I'm just kind of going into these things like, all right, like, yeah, just, yeah. you know, doctor's appointment, like, let's get in, let's get out, let's go. You're, you're 19, um, you got your pre-workout <laughs> or your protein shake, you're getting ready to yeah. shed a few pounds like it, like it's an everyday, um, you know, everyday <laughs> thing and all of a sudden this, you know, I get it, cool. Okay, so so you're in the hospital doing your thing. Yeah, yeah, and then I, I go to the MRI and um, suddenly I come out, I'm like, all right, let's go, let's, let's get out, like, not really a big deal and then my mom, like, I, I didn't really understand it but she was like a little worried about this whole thing and like, that's kind of weird. So it led to us talking with a neuro, uh, a neurologist. And so the neurologist kind of looked at it and said, all right, well, you know, kind of looking at these pictures here, it looks like it's a pretty big mass in there. Of course, I didn't really understand what a mass was. Yeah. All, all, it's basically something that just takes up space. And he said, you know, I'm going to call it a mass because I don't know if this is a full tumor or if this is like just something that's just sitting there. And he was like, but I will say this, it is big enough that we probably should be talking to a brain surgeon. Um, so that literally within the next day or two, we chatted with another, with a brain surgeon, brain surgeon says, Hey Logan, uh, good to meet you. But, um, you know, going into this surgery, if we have surgery here, you know, you probably won't be able to speak or hear after this surgery. I just want you to know that. Um, and that obviously led me to, you know, saying like, wow, well, what, I don't know. I understand this. Like, what, what, what am I going into? This is a little bit crazy. Um, and so that right there led to obviously leaving that doctor, okay, leaving that doctor saying, all right, we're not going to go work with him. He's basically, he has, he has a minimal mindset, okay, he's setting limits on his own self, and my life is on the line. I don't think that that's somebody I want to rely on, whether I'm going to live or die, I don't know. And so I, I wasn't confident in him. He wasn't even confident with himself. Great, <laughs> so great. I'm not going to put my life on the line with him. So we got hooked up with a, uh, a new uh, brain surgeon, uh, Dr. Raymond Sawaya. And I go in there and I said, hey, Mr. Sawaya, um, am I going to be able to speak here after this? Is, <clears throat> is everything going to be okay? And he was like, oh, yeah. He's like, if I'm doing the surgery, don't sweat it. I got you. It's all good. And I was like, oh, wow. I was like, the other surgeon, he didn't say that. It's a bit of a different said, answer. What do you mean? Yeah, it's literally the same, like, same situation, same degree, same approach, same job, could two completely different answers. It's almost like a life and death, really. And so that led to the next day I had brain surgery. That next morning, uh, we let, we went into the brain surgery, and that surgery was a seven to eight hour surgery, and that right there led to um, you know waking up in the middle of the surgery to see if I could still speak or hear. Right, it's like they had to test it to make sure because if it got to a point mm. where I couldn't do that, then that would lead to simply like stopping the surgery, cutting it off a little bit short to leave the remains of the tumor in there just so All I can right. still speak and hear. Because they're removing parts of your brain here. Uh-huh, and uh-huh, so yeah. removing the wrong parts and removing this and that. Well, it's kind of like you're going into, gosh, well, what's the analogy? It's like you're going into like some soil and you're just trying to like remove some of the, 
the the gravel of like the yeah. the um the bushes like the seed the seed bushes that you, that you don't want in there yeah but you don't want to remove all the soil yeah. you just want to remove that one part and that's basically what it was and so it was almost like a time bomb right if like you have one little incorrect tick in there boom yeah. the thing's blowing up and that's basically what it was like and so he removed the whole tumor 100 percent removal um which is pretty phenomenal especially in my situation and that went to two weeks going by. We're like, okay, so now we got to figure out what the diagnosis is. And I still, to be honest with you, was not even worried because I didn't, I, I just never thought that deep into any of this stuff. Yeah. Um, and two weeks go by and that led to the diagnosis. So we go into the room, a lady comes in, she's all, you know, super eerie, like super sketchy, like feeling the way she approached this sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, we're kind of sitting there like, all right, what's up doc? Like, what you got? And she's like, well, you know, I just want to let you guys know this is going to be a stage four glioblastoma brain tumor. Um, these things are the most deathly cancers in the world, um, and we just really can't do much about this. Mm-hmm. Um, she said, well, you know, I, I, I'm really sorry, but uh, it looks like you have about one to ten years left to live. Um, and we're going to try chemo. We'll try radiation, but that's really all that we can do here. Um, so it almost was like, all right, well, Doc, like, what, what is your job? <laughs> Yeah. Like you have one of the like most difficult jobs in the entire world and you're just sitting here saying like, ah, forget it. Nothing I can do. 19 years old, driving to the gym, going to get a good workout, going to get a bit of a pump, talk to the girlfriend, sun shining, things are good to what's the time span to being told this? I would honestly have to ask my mom. I think short. I would say, yeah, very short. I mean, less than a month. Yeah. Great. So few weeks, weeks. Yeah. Two weeks later, you're sitting there after having brain surgery and you're sitting there or after having some mass removed, you're sitting there being told, uh, dude, you got, you got a year, uh, to live and there's nothing we can do about it. Um, you know, we'll try, but basically you're, you're a write off to us. Yeah. Yeah. It's making like their, their job worthless. And it's like, well, okay, maybe I'm worthless too. It's yeah. like, give up. All right, I'll die. You know, it's like literally how that sort of thing is like the way that they attack that. And so, yeah, you know, my, my dad was like, all right, well, cool doc like should we like do something about this like could he eat some maybe not eat, eat some food or like eat some good food that could maybe help it hmm. and she's like no no i'm sorry wow um, that's crazy he goes, he, yeah he was he goes well so you're telling my son like you know go have a beer and a burger and that's really about oh that's okay and she was like yeah yeah that's what i'm saying it's, we just can't do anything the medical system so, crazy crazy yeah but yeah that was the diagnosis and after the diagnosis obviously that led to me figuring out like like I felt, I felt worthless. I felt like, like there was nothing I could possibly do. It was almost questioning why I'm even alive. Yeah. Of like, I'm taking up time, space, money, energy, thoughts, like everything. And so I felt super hopeless. And uh, that finally led to, you know, being out with a friend one time who was actually a big mentor of mine in my life for a while. Um, we were just kind of paddleboarding down here in Austin. And he was just trying to like, you know, see how I was doing. And he was like, all right, man, how are you feeling? I'm like, I was like, I don't know. Honestly, like I feel pretty lost. I'm not even sure what to do. Um, and he's like, well, have you, have you heard of this ketogenic diet? And I was like, no, I was like, I was like, not really. What's that? And he kind of elaborated on it. He's like, well, it's pretty interesting because they've shown some pretty massive success on glioblastoma brain tumor specifically and the ketogenic diet, potentially preventing tumor regrowth and or, um, starving tumors in general. And so he was like, yeah, you should look into that. And you talk about the science and the research and stuff. I'm like, wow, that's really interesting. And it was just one of those things where it was like, I suddenly had a spark. I was like, it's like, huh. I was like, I don't know what this is. I don't know if it's going to work. I'm not like, I don't know if it's going to save my life or 
it's worthless. I don't know, but I was like, I'm going to make it work. I'm going to do whatever I can to make it work. And so, yeah, I stayed up till like 3 a.m. that night mm-hmm. and I just went full throttle with it. And I just, next day I was like, all right, I'm going straight to it. No questions asked. Like, well, I'm doing it right or wrong. I don't know, but I'm going to make it work. And so, man. yeah, man, four years later, um, no regrowth, no nothing. And I feel better than I ever have. I, I love this parallel because maybe some of the listeners and myself included, maybe we're not going through a, you know, diagnosis of you're going to, you're going to die in a year or in five years or in 10 years. But the biggest thing I'm pulling from that is this, and I think that's the most beautiful thing about human beings and their spirit and their will uh, to live and to survive, but that hope. And the second, sometimes mm-hmm. things can feel so hopeless. We don't know what the hell is going on, but we just latch on to one little thing. You said it. You don't know if it's going to work. You don't know if you're doing it right, a.k.a. building a business, a.k.a. <laughs> doing absolutely anything. I mean, I, I don't yeah. know if anyone really knows what they're doing half the time, especially when you're leading the pack or you're trying new things. But you said it yourself. I'll make it work. I'll find a way. I'll course correct. And yeah. that probably woke you up from feeling lost and not knowing what you want to do, worthless, you said it, to having some sense of purpose. And I think that's just such a beautiful example. Some people never find their, their sense of purpose, and it took a, a big dramatic event in your life to latch onto something. And you've built a very you've, – you've built a, 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 a beautiful business and a serving business. You've, you've created so yeah. much impact for other people. So I think that's such a beautiful thing. So four years later, no regrowth, and, you're, um, and you adapted the ketogenic diet. Correct. Yeah. So within that time period, right, I went through the oral chemotherapy. I went through radiation and I always, I always had a super entrepreneurial mindset. Like I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I always wanted to be just like really successful in my life. It was actually a goal of mine. The moment that I got to college, it was a goal of mine to say, all right, I want to be able to drop out of here one day and do what I want to do for a living. And I was able to achieve that about a year and a half into college, um, building my online health and fitness business through the ketogenic diet. And so I did this while going through chemo and radiation. Um, and it actually was so shocking for people to see the physical results that I was seeing while going through chemo and radiation. They were just so in shock of like, what in the world are you doing? Yeah. And this was when keto was so new. No one knew what the heck, it, what, what, like what it was at all. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to start a business around that. I was like, that's a problem people have. They hate eating boring meals. They can't see fat loss. They feel like crap. This is literally a complete 180 in that. I have a solution. So I started that business, and uh, it actually was going super well that I was able to drop out of college in the middle of all that hmm. and do it for a living. And uh, yeah, sparked, and now it's you know been a big business. I've had over 10,000 people on, on board of it, and uh, yeah, it's been a big gift. Do you feel like having, having that purpose slash that kind of vibration, frequency, whatever you want to call it, however you want to do it, whether we're talking science or more of the sort of um, – more of the uh, – the, the spiritual realm, but just having that energy of every cell in your body vibrating with at least some form of purpose, like you're saying, doctors are like, what is this kid doing? He's building a business, but you had a purpose. Do you think that probably also attributed to healing quicker and to overcome these obstacles? Oh, 100%. Like, I mean, yeah. I, can't, I, can't, I can't tell you how, how powerful the mindset really is because yeah. if I had that mindset of the doctor saying I'll be dead, and if I really believe that, I probably would already be dead. I'm going to be straight up with you. And, and there's a lot of people, it's really saddening too, is that there's people who get misdiagnosed in situations, yeah. and the doctor will say things like that, of, hey, you got like you know, a few months left to live. And in their mind, they think, oh my gosh, I'm going to be dead in a few months, okay. And they, the person dies, and they analyze and say, oh wait, oh my God. Yeah. Wait, we completely <laughs> misdiagnosed this. They didn't actually even have that cancer, but they're dead. 
Isn't that because that person already thought in their mind? It's pretty insane how that works. And so the keto diet kind of gave me that that like trigger of like, all right, you know what? Screw the doctor. Like it's not like I'm never going to listen to him, but I'm not going to let the doctor be my boss and yeah. say, hey, here's your deathbed, and here's when you'll lay here, and goodbye. You know. So it completely gave me a lot of hope. You gave sure. that great example of the first doctor. And, and I mean, uh, you're, you're fortunate to have a family, too. That was probably just like, dude, we're not going to you. But that first doctor who said, mm-hmm. you'll probably never talk, uh, speak, or, or move, or hear, or listen, or see, or whatever that was. Um, you had the, 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 um, the awareness to be like, hey, so there's something off with here. Let's, let's go seek someone else's. And you see it in athletes. You see that whole someone, you know, everyone's trying to run that quarter mile or the 100 meter dash and no one can hit that that whatever that record was and all of a sudden one person yeah. hits it everybody else hits it and i love that at 19 years old at 20 at 21 and that's rare man when i was 20 21 i'm just like i was working on the oil rigs hitting things with sledgehammers and smoking <laughs> cigarettes like I, I i don't know what's going on and it's just such a fascinating inspiring um story and you're doing so much change with that so that all happened um it's four years now since you were diagnosed? Yeah. Uh, what's March? Yeah, almost exactly four years. Yeah, very close to it. And the first business was a product-based business, a service-based business. Were you selling information products or a service with the keto stuff? Yeah, it was uh, It was information product, basically, with, with service, too. I mean, it was cool. like an online meal and workout program through a full course format and stuff. Cool. And what did that lead into? So you ran that while in college. What what what, what were the what were the numbers you were hitting? Just to give give us an idea of what was possible for twenty one, twenty two while going through chemo and all this bullshit. Uh, yeah. What 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 did that look like? So you were selling products at a bit of a service. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll I'll give you exact numbers. I was actually I remember I was I had a had a whiteboard in my dorm or in my apartment and I was like tracking each day. I was like, whoa, one hundred and fifty bucks. And I was like, wait. 200 and I was like, whoa, my gosh, I made 400 bucks. And I started like freaking out and yeah. then I tracked it. I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, I made 1500 bucks this week. I'm like, that's crazy. And so that's when I dropped out. And then Beautiful. it got to a point where in the first full year, I hit 130,000. Um, and then that year after, that's where we got to almost 400,000 and things like really just took off in general. And I did all basically like to start it off that first year and a half, maybe is was marketing straight through Instagram, and that's it. Nothing else. Beautiful. So beautiful. I, I, I think there's a lesson in here for anyone listening, too, is, I mean, we could talk about the feedback loops and how, you know, your, your emotions will shape your behavior, shape your actions, shape your experiences. And, it, you, could, you know, you, you, were, you saw some results early on, and you saw that $100. And I think the keynote thing there was you were tracking it. And you saw that 100, mm-hmm. 200, and that success led to, okay, I'll try it again. I'll try more. I'll try modeling this and even more. And some, I always tell people, like, that first sale, you might not make a sale in six months and you're trying, and then you make that one sale for three grand, five grand, whatever it is. And all of a sudden, yeah. you have this whole new belief about it of, like, you know what? I can do this. And then all of a sudden, you make five sales the next week. Nothing changed necessarily except the confidence and the belief you had. And yeah. it sounds like you're a really big advocate of that with all the stuff I've been reading. Uh, you're huge on the mindset. I mean, your Instagram is littered with it. It's like you're, mm-hmm. you're, and you're really the, the, the poster child, if I can say that, I guess, for, for <laughs> that because of what you've been through and, and you, yeah. you practice what you preach and you've actually lived it. So it's amazing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, mindset is 100% like my, my bread and butter. Like diet is sure is important for your health. You know, workouts important for your health. But I think mindset is just as important, if not more important than anything in anyone's life. I mean, you can follow the healthiest diet in the world, but if you're stressed out of your mind every day, it's almost like, what's the point of even doing that? Work on your mental health, yeah. honestly, first. And so, 
yeah, that's what I've really built, and that's you know builds my builds me it builds me up every day. It makes every day fun, to be honest with yeah. you. No, no matter if there's like obstacles or or not obstacles, you know, it makes it fun. Yeah. So, could I ask you one thing? Because I, I do have a few yeah. questions on that. But right before, so when you were 19, um, it sounded like you always had the entrepreneurial spirit. But would you have thought of yourself as a pretty you know, regular person, like a regular 19 year old, or were you maybe reading more and studying more and a little bit more into personal development than maybe the, the regular 19 or would you kind of consider yourself? I was fairly average. Um, I actually, school wise, I hated that. I like yeah. average grades, average, whatever, like hated that. But as far as like really growing myself, I was, I was really cool. like, that was my passion. And I, um, cool. long story short, but I actually built a, a mini supplement company in that time. Um, it was a, you know, a private label company and it actually was doing really well. Um, but it kind of ran into a roadblock where boom, the company was like doing kind of well. And then boom, I was diagnosed and it got right. to a point where I was like, okay, I can't even really take these products yeah. anymore. Fulfillment. So why, why would I sell them? Yeah. So I had to do that and go different routes. So I yeah, I get that. So, okay. So you were a little bit into it. You're really into growth, 19, 20, 21, all this stuff happens. Now you're obviously probably hyper addicted to the growth because you, mm-hmm. you know, went through it and through this, through the, through that, I mean, thank you, cancer through a, through a tragedy. Um, I'm sure it excelled that growth and excelled that yeah. personal development stuff. So what would you say for someone listening right now who might be struggling, um, whether they're struggling with something that you've gone through or just a roadblock in their business or a roadblock in the relationship or their wife or their husband or their girlfriend or their boyfriend left them and you know they feel a little bit defeated because when it comes to their mindset what would be some of the things if you were coaching someone like that what would be yeah. some of the things that you'd be like all right here's here's what we want to focus on and here's here's how to start here's how to take control of your your emotions your thoughts and lead to some better actions yeah yeah so i, I kind of visualize it like this right like every time Every time we fail, there's a brick that's made. And a lot of times we're trying to get from, from this point A to point B, and there's that gap right there, and we need something that's going to get us there. And every time we fail, that's another brick that we can step forward on. And every time we fail, it's another brick and another brick and another brick. And by then, we have a full bridge of failure leading to that success. I love it. So you put all those failures together. It's basically like you're taking all the – it's build, building a puzzle, right? Each one of them says failure. You put them all together, all the pieces, and now it's success. So failing your way to success is 100% what I would say. Um, and I totally, I, I definitely have experienced self-doubt. I've definitely mm-hmm. experienced like second guessing, you know, I had this maybe not for me. Like, you know, somebody said this, I, I think they may be right. And then it's like, well, no, Logan, stop. You know, it's like two voices yeah. and it really comes down to whatever direction you fuel yourself in. Which beast do you feed? Yeah, exactly. 100%. 100%. I love that. So I guess the the big idea of that, and this is something I really love exploring, but it's also ta- it's also it's always taken sort of a bigger picture view of things. I'm mean, in the moment. It's painful. It hurts. It sucks. But if we can expand our awareness and just have a big look at everything that's going on, probably. And this is I think what you're getting at is that challenge, that obstacle you're facing. Not only is it growing you, is it building you? Is it building a a brick for the bridge to success? Yeah. But it's also probably a fairly small deal in the big scheme of things. And if we want to yeah. think five years, 10 years, 100 years, it's probably just a little blip on the radar. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think honestly, one of my biggest lessons as an entrepreneur has been like, oh my gosh, today sucked in sales. That means I'm a failure and that means things is all going downhill. <laughs> I would literally like lose my mind and start stressing out over the littlest things. Yeah. Now it's like, okay one day of maybe bad sales does not mean that the business is dying. It actually means it's probably growing. 
Okay, because that means I can put my energy in a little bit of a different direction right. that can help regrow that, right? It's like, it's just looking at the bigger picture and looking at the process rather than looking at the destination, really. 100%. Yeah, I guess I, I think the lesson from there, it sounds like, is that um, that we get so attached sometimes because part of our identity isn't our brand, isn't our product, isn't what we're doing. And it's so easy to one rude comment, one negative feedback. I've experienced this too, of course. And it's like... Yeah. It's like, well, maybe I do suck. Maybe I am. And it's like, hey, wait, there's a company and then there's you. And learning mm. how to, for me to detach from the company and even yeah. almost kind of see myself like an employee of my own company. I get paid just like everyone else. And then it's a separate entity that I get to feed and manipulate and grow. Um, yeah. It's so easy, especially in the space, I guess, because we're always putting ourselves out there and you're putting yourself out there in a massive way. Um, People always have something to say as well. I'm guessing you get some haters, although you are completely centered on serving the world. I, I guarantee you. Actually, I'd like to hear a few of them, but it's just like, oh, the yeah. keto thing, or you can, you, who, who, who are you to say you can cure cancer with keto? I'm sure you get that kind of stuff. Oh, man. It's funny you say that. That's actually in my book. So I actually write about kind of like my experience, how I went through a lot of like social media hate. Um, so again, I, I dropped out of college and then diagnosed cancer. My girlfriend left me behind. I was destroyed. And I was like, you know what? I got to go create a new life. I got to go live on my own at 21 and see what the world has to bring. And so I lived on my own. I started experiencing like a lonely life. And I had so much social media hate because keto mm -hmm. was so new to the world. And everyone's like, what are you scamming people? Telling them to eat fat. This is ridiculous. And I was being like, you know, go block this guy. Never follow him. Like I was getting it like yeah. a lot. I was having groups of people actually come to me. Like each one of these, it was super, it was just crazy. But going to that as well, there's actually a recent big influencer who's actually a massive influencer on uh, YouTube, Instagram. He's got half a million followers on all platforms. And he made a video saying, you know, the number one or the honorable mention scam artist of 2019 is Logan Sneed for saying keto can cure brain cancer. And I never said that it can cure anything. I said it can definitely help. Um, so yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. It's nothing new. And uh, totally have been moved on from that because the more I've experienced it, the more I've told myself, like, it's never going to go, but it really comes down to how you see it, right? If people spend that time and energy, A, they're probably not where they want in their life. B, they want to bring you back to where they are and C, they need the most help. And you, so, you, look, uh, what, what, how old are you right now? 24, 25? Uh, 23. 23. Like your, your level of, I have clients, uh, you know, 30, 40, 50, and they're, um, your level of, awareness and self-awareness and your mindset and how you tackle things i am extremely excited what you build by the time you're 31 and 41 <laughs> um chances are you'll be changing an industry or, or changing the world in some way it's just it's fascinating to me and and it's inspiring and i hope anyone listening is also inspired to to pull something from this with the keto thing and it's something that I, I was actually back in the day i was really into fitness and i knew a lot of people who really pushed the keto thing i did the keto thing i tried the keto thing and i actually loved it but someone who's who's possibly more than just trying to you know um heal like what why are you other than what it's done for you and helping to uh, facilitate i guess or help speed up the uh the cancer and all that fun stuff why are you such a big advocate of the keto thing yeah so i mean like keto may not be for everybody um and i'm not one of these guys like you have to do keto by any means like I just did what worked for me and suddenly it, like, I believe it really saved my life. It changed my life. It changed it mentally, physically, emotionally. And I now am like significantly more productive. I feel that it has helped my success and that's part of the reason I do it. Right. So like 
intermittent fasting is what I bring into play. And if I don't have to make breakfast and that's taking 30 minutes of my day to start the day, yeah. then that's 30 minutes of things that I could be productive on and bring on more success. And so, yeah, I mean, if I feel better, which I do, and I really want people to, I know a lot of entrepreneurs go through their day and they, they have energy ups and downs. They feel like crap. They feel great. They feel like crap and they just can't keep yeah. it consistent. I've noticed, and not only myself, but a lot of entrepreneurs and people I know that are extremely successful do the keto diet so they can feel energetic from nine to five every single day without craving food and having off-topic food thoughts and, and you know kind of all those things put together. Yeah, it's so amazing. It's so crazy. So maybe diving a little bit deeper and just away from the keto thing because it just fascinates me. But with this whole like the adversity and everything you absolutely went through and I don't know how many clients have you worked with now I think yeah, I saw so it was for, like for Fusion Lean it's like they go through my course and stuff it's not that I work with them individually yep, but there's yep. been over over 10,000 people um, so yeah all on Fusion Lean yeah so someone who is I mean I, I'm guessing or I'm, I'm going to take a guess that you probably track or because you care you're probably somewhat in tune with you know watching people get results who's getting results who isn't getting results and I don't know if you follow up or you talk to the people who get results. I'm sure they just email you or let you know these results because you've got case studies and all this stuff. Um, what do you think is maybe in your life and why this fascinates me is sometimes uh, we'll have like a 21 or 22-year-old who is like, man, I don't want to – you're 30, 32. Um, I don't want to listen to you or they have a little bit of a chip on the shoulder. Right in front of them is someone who is in the same position in life, 22, 23, 24. Uh, what's attributing to – what would you say the biggest factors to their success are um, from the people yeah. who have all the same resources, they have the same course, the same program, the same community, the same stuff, the same resources, yet they fail to see results and will leave consistency off the table? Yeah, I think, I think a lot of things put together on that is like view, view potential clients and view clients as dumb people, right? Obviously, don't tell them they're dumb. But if you if you understand like okay I have to dumb this down as much as possible and make it as simple as possible yeah. to where they're putting in work but it's like simple work that they understand when you do that you're basically giving them a map that is really easy to understand rather than a map that's like oh gosh I don't even really know what the heck to do here right and so that's what I did is I brought it into play of like okay how can I make this even better and rather rather than me saying like okay how can I get a lot more sales I you know my business partner who I brought on by the way we sat and we said okay. Instead of looking for more sales, how can we optimize these sales that we already have, make all of these people super happy? Because when we make all as many people as, you know, you can't make everyone happy, but when you make as many people as you can happy, that's going to bring other people into it and saying, wow, that's crazy. Wow, Jake, man, Jake killed that. I want those results too. Awesome. And so it's almost like I was, you know, carving at the, the center. It's, it's almost like that, that uh, picture, you know, where it's like the grass isn't always greener on the other side. It's like water your own grass and stop looking at the other grasses on the other side. And so that's kind of what I, what we brought into play is like water the grass that we're already standing on and let's get it growing. So that, That's amazing. So it kind of sounds like um, the whole idea of everyone is so obsessed with leads and getting more traffic and just expanding, expanding that sometimes they miss the heart, the core of the business and there's so much potential. And I think Apple does an awesome job of always developing mm -hmm. products and then you don't want just the iPad. I mean, I've got... I, I've got the 27 or the 21. I've got the, the brand new MacBook Pro. I've got the iPad here. I've got an iPhone and everything else is Apple. And I, I couldn't even, I mean, I'm so in with the brand that I not only advocate the brand, but like if I try to get an Android, 
I mean, it wouldn't hook up to anything. So I am sort of like, I'm so in love and sold yeah. on that whole thing. So it sounds like you're kind of taking that approach, but you're also simplifying the process. Um, and I think as coaches, we can be so, well, we're good at what we do. We read about it. We study it all day. And what we think is common knowledge is like advanced algorithms, advanced algebra to somebody else. Yeah. And we sometimes miss the boat thinking that more, giving more is, is getting better results. But sometimes, oftentimes, I think less is more. Yeah, I mean, it's like, would you rather have, you know, 100 people paying you $10 or would you rather have one person paying you $1,000, Yeah, right? And the people paying $10, they're probably going to look at whatever you're sending them once and never look at it again and never come back and they're just going to forget what you're doing and everything. The person who invests $1,000, he's going to be there. He's going to say, I need results. I need your help and I'm going to stick with it because I just invested $1,000. And they'll do it and they'll most likely see results and they'll most likely be ready to spend another 1000 Right then and there, you just have one person spending thousands of dollars versus hundreds spending $10, you know? Huge, man. I think it sounds like you're very uh, purpose-driven and you're very impact-driven. And uh, and I see that all the time, too, is if if, if you actually want to make an impact, people got to pay. I remember paying 5000 bucks for a one-day type mastermind. Um, dude, I was like watching the guy's lips. And this is like years ago. This, I, I, like, I did not have mm. just five grand lying around watching his lips move, watching like the spit coming out of his mouth. Like I took a note on every little, like how many beads of sweat were dripping down this guy's forehead. I was, I was going <laughs> to soak every drop of value. And I remember Gary Vaynerchuk coming to Vancouver and I think I got a ticket for like $97 and I kind of went there and was blase about it. And I guarantee you that the value delivered at that event was probably yeah. pretty fairly close to paying five grand, but I listened because five grand was, mm-hmm. um, was a big deal to me for a day yeah. back then. So I, I, I love that. You want, to, you want to leave that saying, okay, that, that was five grand that I'm happy that I spent rather than like, crap, I, I don't even remember what he said. <laughs> and, and I guess at the end of the day, we've got to be okay with, because I remember leaving there and people being like, ah, this was like kind of junk and other people loved it. Same experience, same information, but it's the way yeah. we consumed it, how we listened, how open we were to it. And now I'm just like, man, if I read a book and it sucks... I'm just looking for one thing anyways. If I can just get one yeah. thing, there's no book that you can't get one thing from. Um, yeah. We're so we're so quick to blame the the author or the facilitator to be like, this sucks, but there's gold in everything. Yeah, and, and you don't read a book and saying, oh my gosh, I just learned like 20 life lessons. You know, it's like most likely you'll get one big summary from a book and you'll go on to the next one. It's yeah. a bunch of puzzle pieces put together to really help grow your life. And that's why you need to read multiple books rather than, you know, one book. I love that. Two more, two more things for you. One thing is, is to someone who's yeah. listening, and we can really, we can really try to tune in to, to someone who's listening and is going through struggle, adversity, setbacks, challenges. We all have them. We all have a story. Um, what would you say to them to just help them go through it for another week or another month to say, just like, hang in there. You, you, can, you, yeah. you got this. Yeah, view it as the process. Okay, like Nick Saban, one of the best coaches in the world of all sports, he tells the team every day, he literally says it 100 times a day, and he drills it in every single player every single day for 365 days a year. He just says the words, the process. Because they're they're never prepping for tomorrow's game. They're prepping and they're executing on today's practice. So, again, whether sales were terrible yesterday or you don't get a sale for another week, it's about the process within that. And that's why, again, it's about building a bunch of puzzle pieces together. It's not about just luckily putting one big puzzle piece and suddenly it's all ready to go. It's like one little piece day by day is going to put it together. Now, one day you may put the wrong piece at the wrong position. That's okay. 
you can always remove it and you can put the right piece. And that's why the process is going to, that's what the process will teach you in that when you have that mindset and just taking a deep breath on that every day. It kind of sounds like there was a little bit of a hidden message in there as well. And you, you said it, but I'm, I'm really big on this is one piece. And if it doesn't work, one piece removed, which means that at some capacity you're testing and you're looking at the results instead of just blindly shooting. I always think of a carburetor because I used to build cars. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I love cars still to this day. Yeah. A nice juicy 350 Chevy V8. I'll tune a carb all day. I love it. But it's like, it's one tweak at a time. If you start turning all the dials and then running the car around the track and then bringing it back and then changing everything, you don't know what's working. But if it's just one little yeah. tweak, one little change, one block, like you said, and if it doesn't work, you can remove that block. So I think there's gold um, kind of in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the side idea there that that you mentioned yeah yeah absolutely man so For unreal sure. cool so and i like to ask everybody this i think yours will be um we'll see what you come up with but i ask everybody is if you could and most of our guests by the way are you know they're 40 uh, we just had someone who sold a company for 3.8 billion so they have a mm. lifetime of experience yeah but I'm I'm gonna be really curious in in and your level of development is is on uh, is unreal. But if if today was your last day, or if if you were told, hey, you've got just a few months, and you've actually been told this, so it's an interesting question. Mm -hmm. But and yeah. you could leave one thing, one idea, one concept, one idea of a legacy. And I'm not saying what you've built, but like what what you want to stand for and what you'd like to give, whether that's to you know uh, your kids, which you don't have any, but it, to your um. To, to someone who, 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 who's left behind, what would that one thing be with where you're at right now? Yeah, yeah. So a quote that I saw, I don't remember how I saw it. I don't remember where I saw it, but when I saw it, it literally was drilled into my mind forever. And it's the quote by Nelson Mandela where it always seems impossible until it is done, right? The doctor can say it's impossible. The professor can say it's impossible. Anybody can say anything is impossible, but we'll never actually know until we actually do it, right? We mentioned the guy who ran the, the first mile under, what was it, four minutes, right? Like everyone verbally said it was impossible. Yeah, they said you die, like it. your heart would die, your heart would explode. Exactly. But he did it, right? Yeah. How did he do it? Well, he tried. I'm not saying he did. He, I'm not saying he got it in the very first try of his life. I don't know. But he tried. He, he, he put in the work, right? And so that's what, my, that's what I would say to people is like, you know, you may have self-doubt right now and you may be unsure because of your age, your situation, where you're at, maybe financially, emotionally, mentally. You may have obstacles of a divorce or breakup, you know, whatever. Those are always going to be there, and you're never going to wake up on a day and say, oh, oh wow, my, my life is perfect. All right, let's time to get started. It's never going to happen. I, I hate to say it, but in order for that to be fixed, of you wanting the life you want, is you have to wake up and say, I'm going to do it. I don't care if it's impossible. And even then, like, I, I've, I've had this thoughts too, is like, you know, if I'm going to become the next Tony Robbins, like if it ever happens, great. If it doesn't happen, no problem. Because guess what? I'm going to still keep going until the day I die. And that's, that's, that's really what's fun about it. And so just change that mindset of thinking something's impossible and change it to it is possible. That's amazing, brother. I completely, totally believe in you. If you go through our list of all our podcast guests from Robert Greens, Elena Cardones, and anyone else, and you want to connect with absolutely anyone to help you on your mission to getting on stages, selling out arenas, and being bigger than Tony Robbins, uh, just ask. We got you. Oh, man. All I'll ask is for a ticket someday when you're selling <laughs> out when you're selling out stadiums. Um, anyone, you, on stage. <laughs> anyone you want to connect with, you're doing such great work, and I'm I'm so um, I'm humbled and inspired. I appreciate you. If someone wants to find your book or learn more about you, uh, where can they find it? I'll drop all these links below. 
but where's the best place to connect with you? Yeah, you can uh, find me on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Just type in Logan Sneed on all platforms, and I'm there. Um, and then my book, Thank You Cancer, is on Amazon. So, um, yeah. It's amazing. Thanks for being real. Thanks for being raw. Appreciate you. And uh, look up the links. We'll have the links below. Logan, thank you. Thank you, man. Have a great one. All right. So as always, I just want to finish off the episode with saying thank you for listening. These episodes are 100% free and they're dedicated to helping you build your coaching business because there are clients out there just waiting for you to reach them. They're waiting for you to give them a result. So do not give up on your dream and never give up on your business. Again, these episodes are 100% free. All I ask in return is that you give it a thumbs up, you give it a like, you give it a little bit of love in the comments or the reviews, and you share it with one or two coaches who you know could use help building their coaching businesses. That's it. I'm done. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode.